Today, we are going to talk about 2012's Life of Pi. Um, it's a, a divisive, metaphorical masterpiece, I would call it. What is divisive about it? Everything about the movie is metaphorical, right? There are hundreds of different aspects of this movie that you could examine and find different interpretations and different meanings. And, you know, since this is a fan theory podcast, it is just the perfect movie for us, right? But not every, you know, viewer will take to it the same way, right? Some people want their movies to be a bit more upfront uh, with how they present things, and they don't like to feel tricked at the end of the movie, right? I see, I see. So what are we going to be examining? Are we going to be examining, you know, that he was the tiger? Are we going to try to figure out what the the island that eats people means? No, I mean, we could take every scene and try to decipher the sometimes subtle and sometimes very in-your-face metaphors behind them. Ridiculously like you, in your Like face. you said, the carnivorous island, which most people agree is an analogy for cannibalism, but some people have other definitions of. But that's not what we're going to do. Instead, we are going to prove that the tiger on Pi's boat was actually Spider-Man's father. What? That's right. Wait, Richard wait. Parker was that Richard Parker. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Well, that's good evidence right there. I know. Case closed, right? <laughs> Today we are talking about The Life of Pi in another movie that came out the same year with some very particular shared actors. We're talking about 2012's Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> and Richard Parker. And this... Um, this is going to be a real trip. 2012 is the amazing Spider-Man. That's the one with Andrew Garfield. Don't ask that so quizzically. You just watched it. You freaking weirdo. Just for our, for our listeners. Yes, that's the one with Andrew Garfield. Now, I can see why you might ask that. There have been many Spider-Mans, especially in recent years. Um, no, we're not talking about the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. We're not talking about the Tom Holland Spider-Man. We are talking about the father of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. But most of all, I think we're going to be talking about the life of Pi. I think the most evidence for this is actually found in the life of Pi. And I think that I can pretty conclusively convince you that uh, the tiger in the boat was actually the man, Richard Parker, father of Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, na names prove nothing. Uh, uh, the, 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 what? Wait, no, tiger. my whole theory <laughs> is falling apart before my eyes. <laughs> Hold on. There are more than one people named Richard Parker. And also, the tiger was, and I, you might be a little skeptical at this claim, but was a tiger, and Richard Parker was a human. Was he, though? <laughs> it, I uh, mean, oh, oh, no. <laughs> were there any humans that maybe transformed into other animal hybrids in the Amazing Spider-Man universe? Oh, wait, that's oh, what the entire gosh. universe is about. <laughs> More so than any other Spider-Man series, yeah. the Amazing Spider-Man yeah. universe, it, it hinges on the whole scientific aspect of human-animal <laughs> oh. hybrids. First and foremost... I'm going to show you evidence that Pi and his family, specifically his father, that they knew and worked with Richard Parker, the man, that he gave them a tiger for experiments. Number two, I'm going to prove that Pi's dad is a scientist and businessman, a geneticist, just like Richard Parker, and that he is running a gene splicing lab out of India. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> I'm also going to prove that Pi was employed later in life as a geneticist or a scientist at Oscorp, which is pretty good proof of. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you, I, you might I, see that one coming. <laughs> a little hard to argue with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm also going to show you evidence that the disaster which unfolded in the life of Pi and the sinking of the ship they were on was caused by Richard Parker's experiments gone awry. Dude, what you're describing... At keeping in mind that I actually didn't dislike Life of Pi. I thought it was an interesting movie, but what you're describing is a so much better movie than I know. Life of Pi. Dude, <laughs> I, I have a lot of thoughts on the Life of Pi, and uh, now all of them are positive. <laughs> I love this movie <laughs> No, but finally, I'm going to be presenting to you just a boatload of evidence that the tiger on the lifeboat was, in fact, Richard Parker, the man tiger hybrid <laughs> and also that the other animals were other gene spliced individuals <laughs> you know from his experiments all right as we go through all this evidence um we're going to have to keep in mind is pi a reliable narrator 
And the answer to that question is no. no. That's the point of the movie, (laughs) right? So not everything he says can be taken at face value, but everything he says does have some truth in it. So clearly you're going to say that Pi grew up to be Rajit Ratha. That's correct. A doctor or scientist who works at Oscorp. But I don't think you could possibly present any evidence that proves that Pi is the sort of person who would change his name. Wait, that's, that's the entire beginning of the movie. Is, <laughs> wow. No, then let's his start there. Casina and he changed it to Pi. Come on. <laughs> Pi is clearly... Dude. Dude, yes. I just realized. What? I can release this episode on March 14th. It's Pi Day. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, man. We got a new holiday. We got to find Pi-themed <laughs> theories. <laughs> This is so exciting. I don't know what we'll do next year. (laughs) Now, I think it is clear that Pi grew up with his family living in an animal genetic testing facility. He thinks that it's a zoo, at least when he was much, much younger, he thought it was a zoo. Yeah. And he refers to it as a zoo. But those animals... It looks animals, like a zoo. No, it doesn't. Have you ever seen a zoo that looked anything like that movie? Those animals were just like way too sweet and perfect. Okay. Well, I, I will say that my the first time I watched it, while I did like many parts of this movie, I was very put off at the very beginning by the overuse of CG animals in scenes that could have just used normal animals. Yeah. Like there's a CG lizard, a CG birds. That this are just confused me the as well until <laughs> I finally, many years after seeing it the first time, realized that this was one of those made for 3D movies. I didn't see it in theaters, so I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah. I saw it in theaters and I did not get the 3D glasses because why would I pay more for that? (laughs) I know, seriously, what a stupid thing to base your movie on. I want to talk a little bit about Pi's birth because he was born under some strange circumstances. He was born and raised on this quote-unquote zoo in Pondicherry, which is the French part of India. The way Pi describes it, he says, I was delivered on short notice by a herpetologist who was there to check on the Bengal monitor lizard. Do you know what a herpetologist (laughs) is by any chance? Of course. I wanted to be a herpetologist when I was young. They're experts on reptiles and actually also amphibians. Uh, Dr. Kurt Connors in The Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man is a herpetologist. You got it. Exactly. He was delivered by, I think, Dr. Connors. (laughs) What other herpetologist does Richard Parker know who he could bring in on short notice (laughs) to deliver a human baby? But but I mean, I'm not making this up. Pi is the one who said he was delivered by a herpetologist. <laughs> I mean, I, they they put it in the movie, not me. <laughs> Don't blame me for this. But uh, Rajit Ratha seems to be the same, around the same age as as Doctor Kurt Connors. Yeah, looks can be deceiving. <laughs> he never said he would. I mean, so all we know about Richard Parker and Connors is that they've been friends for a very long time. Yeah, they do both have gray hair, right? Uh, Richard Parker could have been just starting out and also Connors could have been just starting out. Maybe he was like a grad student or something at the time and they were adventuring around India, getting their you know hands dirty, delving in genetics for the first time and uh, they delivered a baby. <laughs> when he was like 19. <laughs> he was, yeah. He's a very I young. He could have been like 25, you know, like he's, <laughs> he could easily be, I think, 25 years older than uh, than than Pi. Here's where things get a little strange and we start to actually doubt the validity of his claim that he grew up on a zoo. Pai says that when the French handed Pondicherry back to us in 1954, the town decided that some sort of commemoration was in order. My father, who was a clever businessman, came up with one. He ran a hotel and got the idea to open a zoo in the local botanical gardens instead. As it so happened, my mother was a botanist in the gardens. It's just such a weird coincidence that they managed to get some strange government funding to take over like half the town and open this zoo for no reason with a botanist. So, okay. So you're thinking this was like an island of Dr. Moreau situation. Exactly. Where they they ran a hotel (laughs) and they turned the people who checked in into animal people. I mean, maybe, maybe (laughs) not. Who am I to say? But all the puzzle pieces are there. It's... It's not my fault if you start putting them together. Uh, <laughs> and Moreau was also a, is also a French name. Hmm. You're right. Yeah. I can't <laughs> deny that. <laughs> so what other evidence do we have that they were working on animal hybrids? Well, it just so happens to turn out that Pi worships literal animal hybrid superheroes. <laughs> what, what, like <laughs> Spider-Man? So he says... 
The gods were my superheroes growing up. Henuman, the monkey god, lifting an entire mountain to save his friend Lakshman. Ganesh, the elephant-headed, risking his life to defend the honor of his mother Parvati. He's describing literal animal-human hybrids as his superheroes. So maybe he wanted to actually make good he on that. He wanted to create a life. Spider-Man, clearly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this he is, is his like life's really, ambition. Really into that idea. I mean, like, like he doesn't even want to want to like wait to do human testing. No, no, no. He's, he already he's like, we got to do this. Work. We need to do this. He does know <laughs> it can work. Well, this is all well and good, but there's no evidence that his dad has anything to do with genetics. He said he ran a hotel and then he ran a zoo, right? What does he know about science? Uh, excuse me. Pai's dad is extremely into science. He is dead set on teaching his kids about science. He is constantly telling them to think rationally. He says, science has brought us more knowledge than religion has in a thousand years. I think that Pai's dad is a highly educated scientist and that maybe Pai is trying to hide it. And is there other evidence of this? Later, when fully grown Pai is talking to an author about his story, he reveals that he teaches a course at the university. He must be extremely educated. So it's around this point in the movie where Richard Parker is introduced. The way that Pai tells it, he says, the tiger Richard Parker got his name through a clerical error. The hunter who caught him named him Thirsty because he was drinking from a stream. The hunter sold him to the zoo, but the names got switched on the paperwork. The hunter was named Thirsty and the tiger was named Richard Parker. <laughs> now, I, I don't know. That could have totally happened. I think that it's quite possible that they did get a tiger named Richard Parker because the paperwork got messed up. But that also means this proves that a hunter named Richard Parker caught a tiger and did business with, the, you know, Pai's dad and worked with them. Back in the 60s, a young 20s Richard Parker and his friend Kurt Connors were just doing that old thing with like yeah. handlebar mustaches where you go exactly. catching tigers That's with what they guns. That's in the like, 60s. Let's go on an adventure. <laughs> 50s, 40s, <laughs> um, 1860s. <laughs> I think that's exactly what happened. And how do we know that uh, Richard Parker stuck around? Well, Pai's dad teaches him an important lesson about Richard Parker very quickly after this. Pai goes down to kind of like play with the tiger. And then his dad comes in and he says, do you think that tiger is your friend? He's an animal, not a playmate. And then he feeds it a goat to teach Pai, you know, how you know, horrible and cruel life can be. I think that that was one of these metaphorical scenes that the movie is known for. That was not a tiger. That was actual Richard Parker. That was the man Richard Parker. I think Pai was beginning to think of this uh, mysterious scientist businessman Richard Parker as like a friend, a confidant, uh -huh. a playmate. But his dad <laughs> showed Pai Richard Parker's true nature by allowing him to witness one of their horrible experiments with a goat. I think that's what happened. He didn't feed a goat to a tiger. Oh, he did some horrible experiment and made a genetic like, hybrid out of yeah. that goat. He gave a goat yeah, that would to be pretty Richard horrifying. Parker. I mean, the mouse they experiment on in the, in the Amazing Spider-Man is pretty yeah, horrific. So, exactly. Yeah. As Pi grows up, it shows him reading a lot of books. One book written by Dostoevsky. It's called Notes from Underground, White Knights, The Dream of a Ridiculous Man. So this short story, it's an allegoric story of a suicidal man who dreams of an idyllic planet inhabited by perfect people. The perfect people on this planet slowly become corrupted by this man and his ambitions and his inner darkness. They all begin to change and, you know, kind of become like hybrids of themselves and that man until eventually he wakes up. And he decides that he doesn't want to kill himself anymore. He's like, huh, that was pretty interesting. This is exactly what Richard Parker is doing to the world. He's trying to corrupt the world. He's taking these people and he's turning them into genetic hybrids. He's corrupting everyone on Earth, everyone that he can. Now, I don't, I mean, hmm. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so I guess on a related note, Dr. Kurt Connors does essentially want to do that. He may he not be Dr. That's Richard exactly Parker, what Kurt but Connors does. He releases the, <laughs> he wants to the lizard corrupt gas on or the, in on his the, version perfect on the, the whole world by making them into gross lizards. <laughs> yeah. Another note when when Pai takes his girlfriend to to the quote unquote zoo, he introduces her to Richard Parker. He says 
Here is Richard Parker. He's the most magnificent creature we've ever had here. And this is just because he really looks up to Richard Parker. He thinks he's a great Such scientist. A good compliment. <laughs> he's like, what a magnificent this man creature. is going to change the world. <laughs> My colleague here. It's around this point that we get some more evidence that this zoo is not what it seems. They start to have money problems. And Pai's dad decides that they need to move abroad to North America. He says, our animals are worth far more abroad for use in the advanced genetics testing facilities, clearly. Uh, yeah, at Oscorp <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> now, they, they say they're going to Canada, and maybe they are. Who knows? Oscorp, it's an international company. They might have facilities in Canada as well. It doesn't really make that much sense for them to move all these animals all the way from India to America otherwise. It seems like the shipping might outweigh just the price of selling the animals there. On the ship... Pai notices that all of the animals are being drugged. And he thinks this is kind of odd. Why are the animals being drugged? His dad explains it away. He's like, oh, it's just to make the trip easier for them. Don't worry about it, Pai. No, 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 that's not what it is. This is in preparation for the gene splicing surgeries and experiments that they're about <laughs> well, to undergo well, over the course of their okay. travels. Okay, a couple of questions about that. And it's okay if you don't have any answers, but... No, please, ask away. <laughs> First of all, is it... I, I believe that it is normal procedure to sedate animals on a long trip. I mean, on a plane, not on a boat. And secondly, if they're going to a high-tech lab, why do the experiments on a ship? No, no, these are the boat. really bad experiments. They have to do these in oh, international in international waters. waters. Exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, all right, that checks no, out. No, this is, this is like a dark <laughs> ship. Now, the ship itself is actually a little odd. The ship is named the Simsum. This is a Hebrew word for the creation of the universe. Specifically, Simsum uh, in, in the Hebrew mythology is when God contracted his infinite light to make space for the universe to exist. And this is exactly what Richard Parker's gene therapy is doing. He's contracting the humanity to make room for the animal to exist in the people. He's playing God and creating a new universe and species of hybrid life, right? Okay, huh. Why would the ship be named Simsum at all? It is a Japanese ship. Yeah. Why would yeah. a Japanese ship have a Hebrew name? It doesn't make any sense. Clearly, Richard Parker bought this ship and named it uh, something to reflect his, uh, his own <laughs> high-minded ideals and his vision of himself as God. <laughs> I'm starting to see perhaps why they're having money problems if Richard Parker's just using all their funds to buy a random ship. Well, <laughs> and this is actually where I want to get into something we learn in Amazing Spider-Man 2. So it sounds like you're starting to doubt my dubious claims of Richard Parker's wild spending sprees and his secret labs in India and his crazy yeah. secret boat labs. Seems more like a Norman Osborn thing to do than Richard Parker. Does it though? Does it really? Does Norman Osborn have any secret labs in the Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man movies? Well, there are some secret labs underneath Oscorp, but Norman Osborn doesn't seem to know about them. It's just the other people on the board that do. Now, Richard Parker, on the other hand, is revealed in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 to just randomly have a super secret lab in a transforming subway train in the middle of New York City <laughs> in wow. Roosevelt Station. It's the weirdest thing wow. ever. And just to be clear, this is a secret lab. It has nothing to do with Oscorp. And it is plot-centric that Oscorp knows nothing about this lab and neither does anybody else. So, uh... Huh. This is exactly the kind of thing that Richard Parker does. He goes around the world building super secret labs. You have to like put a special token into the token slot and then the entire subway train emerges from the ground and transforms before your eyes to create this lab. It's the weirdest thing ever, dude. <laughs> so yeah okay maybe All it's right. not so weird that he has a secret boat lab right he's got secret <laughs> yeah, train yeah. labs yeah okay <laughs> so he likes building labs in you know traditional methods of locomotion he probably has a airplane lab <laughs> exactly he does he has a, a secret jet lab in spider-man 2 as well 
And this is where, you know, you might also be wondering, would Richard Parker actually travel around this much? Was he such a jet setting secret agent kind of guy? (laughs) He does have a private jet. It's revealed at the beginning of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. They say first they're going to spend the night at Lake Geneva and then they're going to go somewhere else. Probably one of his, you know, secret labs in India to meet some of his old contacts, as far as we know. And while they're doing this. He's uploading all of his information to his secret lab at Roosevelt Station. Kind of odd choice to me that he got on a private jet to upload the information by satellite (laughs) back to his house in New York. But, you know, whatever. Seems (laughs) like it would have been faster to do that. (laughs) Yeah, before he got on the plane. Yeah. And and does he have weird secret agent-like tendencies? What does he say to his wife right here? He says, our life as we know it is over. We're going to spend every day from now on looking over our shoulders, never feeling safe. <laughs> like He's talking like a weird secret agent kind of guy. This is clearly his style. He loves this kind of thing. He loves being an international man of mystery, setting up secret labs all over, doing um, strange, untowered experiments on unwitting people. This is totally a Richard Parker's M.O. Yeah, okay. Disaster is about to strike on the Tsimsum. Hi wakes up. He goes out on deck to watch the storm, which is a pretty crazy thing to do because this boat is bucking around a lot. However, everything is okay. The boat's not sinking. You know, the storm is not like ripping the boat to shreds. And then all of a sudden, an alarm starts blaring for no reason. The ship starts taking on water and sinking for no reason. Hmm. It's kind of odd. Like the alarm starts blaring before the ship starts taking on water which implies to me that something just happened to the ship that was not related okay. to the storm at all. Oh, hmm. So Pai, he wants to find his family. He goes back into the ship, which is already, the insides of the ship are already full of water. This is like two seconds after he goes out. He just walked <laughs> through a ship that was completely dry, right? It's full of water. He has to swim underwater through room after room looking for his family. And he's not just swimming through rooms. He's swimming past dozens and dozens oh, of animals, animals that are all <laughs> right. free for no reason Pi, uh he gets thrown on a lifeboat a zebra jumps in breaking its leg and the lifeboat drops now clearly i think what happened here had nothing to do with the storm richard parker was conducting some crazy gene splicing experiments on the crew and on the animals this includes the evil cook it includes Pi's family and his mom the only reason Pi wasn't included was because he ran up on deck to watch the storm and they missed him richard parker works works quickly he does work quickly (laughs) and is there evidence that the gene splicing therapy works quickly because you might say (laughs) it's not possible that everyone could already look like animals oh wait it takes mere seconds (laughs) for this gene splicing to act how yeah, fast Dr. did Kurt it turn Connors those policemen into, into lizards? lizards? Pretty quick. <laughs> yes. The gene splicing that they've come up with is insanely fast. It can transform right. a man into okay. a monster within a minute uh, easily. So I think it's completely uh, believable that the animals jumping on the ship could have once been human. Normally, I would go with, with Occam's razor here and be like, if there was a bad storm and suddenly the ship is having problems and taking on water, probably it was due to the storm. However... I do know, also Occam's razor, just a simple explanation, mad scientists do like doing experiments during big storms, Mm -hmm. especially ones with lightning. (laughs) So it's quite possible that's why Richard Parker chose now to act. And are mad scientist experiments known for having great success and not causing problems in the Spider-Man universe? (laughs) Uh, No, unless your name is Spider-Man. Typically, mad scientists conducting crazy experiments in thunderstorms in the Spider-Man universe result in large explosions and equipment being broken. And I think that's exactly what happened on the ship. Something went wrong. All the genetic hybrid animals escaped and ran all over. The ship was destroyed and began to sink immediately. And I have further evidence of this. Well, again, I would argue against this and, and ask you for more evidence of how how did the ship suddenly explode and and take on water that's a but good question there there is evidence in universe for things like that happening spontaneously like in amazing spider-man when kurt oh Connors, you mean in the other universe <laughs> not in life of Pi. <laughs> well this is one universe as we've established yeah yeah they're one universe yes <laughs> evidence in universe yes <laughs> of, of things spontaneously i don't know bursting into flames like when dr connor's pushes a bunch of cars yeah. off the 
bridge uh, and a little boy is stuck in a car that catches fire for no, for reason, no reason whatsoever. <laughs> no, there's just, no reason at all. Just, the car is just, it, it, it just, it didn't want to live anymore. It was like, I'm done. <laughs> Time to explode. So I guess when a mad scientist is running around causing havoc, sometimes things explode. In the life of Pi, the sinking of the boat is canonically meant to be strange and unexplained. Mm -hmm. um, they specifically don't say why the ship sank, and they very much imply that it was not because of the storm. At the very end of the movie, Pai tells the story of the two Japanese insurance agents who went to talk to him at the Mexican hospital where he was recovering. They needed to figure out why the ship sank because none of it made sense. They said they didn't believe Pai's story. They didn't believe the explanation of the ship sinking. Everything about this implies that the ship sinking was strange and unusual. We get to see the report, and this isn't even in the story. Pai actually pulls out this report and sets it down in front of him. The author he's talking to sees it. So this is the most concrete evidence we have of anything in the entire movie. It says, final report. One sole survivor could shed no light on the reasons for the sinking of the Tsimsum. The ship appears to have sunk very quickly, which would indicate a major hole breach. Oh. A storm couldn't cause a major hole breach. There's no, there's no legitimate way that wind and waves hitting a ship could tear a piece out of the metal hull. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It would have to hit something or have an explosion. It also says the important quantity of debris would support this theory, but precise reason for breach is impossible to determine. Something went wrong on this boat that night and made it explode and sink. Pai, he can't offer any more of an explanation for it, but he does say something interesting to these uh, insurance agents. He says, I don't know what happened. I was asleep. Something woke me up. It could have been an explosion. I'm not sure. Whoa. And then the ship sank. What else do you want from me? <laughs> That's Pi's explanation for it. <laughs> mm. So uh, well, there you go. If what you say is true, then I'm suspicious that Pi was even asleep. He might have been working with Richard Parker. I think that Richard Parker took him under his wing, which we know he was spending way too much time with Richard Parker and his dad started to get weary and he was like, Look at these horrible experiments with this goat. Look how horrible right, Richard right, Parker is. Right. Right? So yeah, I, I, I forgot, I forgot we had already established this. that's the way it happened. <laughs> All the hybrid animals escaped as the ship was destroyed. And Richard Parker has now been combined with tiger DNA. He's drowning <laughs> in the sea. What you're describing is definitely the plot of a Spider-Man film. <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> Especially an amazing Spider-Man film. This is how both movies go. Explosion, right? scientist gets combined with Tiger. <laughs> and then crazy stuff ensues, right? Pai's mom is combined with an orangutan's DNA. Uh, the cook has been combined with hyena, hyena DNA. Yeah. And a sailor has been spliced together with a zebra. Pai saves Richard Parker the tiger with a life preserver, pulls him into the boat, seeing that he's a tiger. Yeah. Pretty weird thing to do if this is just a tiger, right? I love tigers, but in a survival situation, I don't think I want it on my boat. <laughs> now, just, just to be clear and to be you know, not disingenuous, Pai was wary of the tiger. And when he saw that it's a tiger, he starts to get scared and he does try and push it back away from him, but not necessarily off the boat. He lets it get into the boat. And then, this is really important, the tiger ignores Pai. It does not attack him. It just gets under the tarp. That's true. Pai climbs back into the boat and he starts calling for his mom and dad. And who does he find right after that? The orangutan. He found his mom. She was right there. That's why he started calling to her. Yeah, okay. So at that point, he says to the hyena, hmm, looks as though your drugs haven't worn off yet. <laughs> basically uh you know he's referencing the uh genetic hybrid surgery which he saw this hyena undergo not the sleeping pills <laughs> <laughs> at this point he's hoping that he can just wait this out because as we know from the amazing spider-man sometimes these things just wear off these serums right. that turn you into a part animal they wear off after a few hours every time these genetic hybrid splicing therapies either wore off or went wrong and resulted in death Richard Parker has not discovered the zero-zero decay rate algorithm yet. So he doesn't know how to make a stable hybrid. 
Okay. So eventually huh. all these guys are going to die or going to have their hybridness wear off. The very next scene shows a close-up of the zebra who is surrounded by flies. What are all these flies doing out here in the middle of the freaking ocean hovering over the Mariana Trench? Yeah. There's only one plausible answer. Uh, Richard Parker brought them for a genetic hybrid experiment. (laughs) I mean, he does like bringing spiders places. (laughs) Then maybe, you know, he started with flies and then realized spiders are cooler. Yeah, he probably started with flies and then spiders were eating his flies and he's like, whoa, wait, that's way better. <laughs> why, why didn't I see it before? <laughs> so simple. Flies, flies are so dumb. They get eaten by spiders. Spiders are cool. The cook hyena hybrid gets in a fight with the mom orangutan hybrid. She hits him and then he kills her. And then Pai gets mad and starts yelling at him. And the cook is a, you know, the cook hyena is about to you know, jump on Pi and start fighting with him. And then the man, the legend, Richard Parker, jumps in to save the day. He doesn't attack Pi at all, but he kills the hyena. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a little odd that a, a tiger would attack a hyena. Generally, tigers don't attack other predators. Unless perhaps this tiger was the embodiment of uh, the rage and savagery within um, Pi. That was my next thing I was going to say is that uh, we keep saying it's weird. You keep saying it's weird that the tiger doesn't attack Pi. And, uh, you know, obviously that's supposed to be weird. This is a movie that is supposed to be reinterpreted. Of course, the interpretation that they ham-fistedly just tell you at the end which <laughs> just wow. ruins the movie, in my opinion. Scene. But I guess it was also in the book. So whatever. Um, it's just when he's like, oh, and you... You were the tiger. <laughs> well, it's, it's right like, after shut like up, a ten-minute scene get it. of Pi saying word for word, "This exactly. is the analogy. They, yeah. and this is what happened." Right. Pi here's already analogy, explained it. You don't happened. need and the author to, to the say author it again. Like, and this character was you in the analogy, and this character was this person in the analogy. <laughs> it just made the movie we so know, much less fun. <laughs> I know. I know. Based on what I've told you so far, what do you think seems more likely? That these animals were actually people and that this is just a weird metaphor or that these animals were actually people hybrids (laughs) that had been turned into animals by a crazy scientist, Richard Parker. Uh, Okay, I don't know which one is more likely, but I know which one is cooler. (laughs) Well, that might just be the point of the life of Pi as we find out at the end of the movie. So uh, let's continue. Pi then he goes to have a conversation with Richard Parker he says, if we're going to live together, we have to learn to communicate. And I think this is because, you know, hybrid Richard Parker has lost his ability to speak. And then he says, maybe Richard Parker can't be tamed, but with God's will, he can be trained. And I think maybe he's like, uh, I can't tame the great scientist Richard Parker. Richard <laughs> Parker does what wow. Richard Parker wants, but I can <laughs> aim true. his ambition towards keeping me safe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with that. Like, Richard Parker does what he wants. He just just tosses his kid off with Uncle Ben. He goes out on a jet and fights with a <laughs> flight attendant. <laughs> so Richard Parker and Pi have a bit of a bonding moment where first they look at each other and then they both look into the ocean and they start to see some like psychedelic fish and animals and people and hybrids kind of like meshing together. This is their dream of the perfect reality. (laughs) They're they're seeing eye to eye right here. He's like, yes, Richard Parker, I know what we must do. (laughs) We must turn all humans into into animals. (laughs) He even says right after this, words are all I have left to hang on to. Everything is mixed up, fragmented, He's describing hybrids here. What? Oh, Mixed up, fragmented. All right. Yeah. They're about to die. They're totally dehydrated and totally starving. And then they wash up on an island. It's a weird island. It's made of like purple seaweed cucumbers and full of infinite happy meerkats that don't mind when you eat them. <laughs> it's got beautiful pools of fresh water to go swimming in and drink. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful island, but it's actually an evil island. Because the meerkats, they hide at night. They go up in the trees and Richard Parker flees to the boat and the beautiful clear pools turn to acid and fill with death and rotting fish chunks. And the island looks like a woman laying there. And then Pi finds a lotus in the forest and inside of it is what looks like patches of hairy skin and a tooth. tooth. And 
Pi explains in the future to the author that the island was carnivorous. Yeah. And it's a good thing old Pi is here to explain that because I never would have caught on because right. that makes zero sense. <laughs> well, <laughs> at this point in the movie, I was just like, what? <laughs> so so this island was my favorite part of the movie when I watched it. It is. It's a really good part because of the movie. I like it. it's the only thing that isn't just explained to you. Right. Yep. It's, I it, agree. it doesn't make much sense. It leaves it entirely up to interpretation. A lot of people really hate this part. Uh, too, for that reason, because uh, it doesn't make any sense and it's creepy and weird. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> now, I had never, you say a lot of people are into the cannibalism theory. I had never heard that theory. My wife, Christine, really likes Life of Pi. She loved the book. Oh, no. And she, she likes <laughs> you the You didn't movie. tell her the cannibalism theory, did you? <laughs> you did. You, you talked about it when, when we were here, didn't Oh, you? no. I told her the cannibalism theory. What no, have no, I she done? Actually, I, I talked to her about it. She actually thought that was an interesting interpretation. No, but Brita was like, yeah, I hated that part. What did it even mean? And you were like, uh, duh, Brita. What would a pl- <laughs> island that eats dark. people mean? Come on. Don't, don't uh, imitate no, me in such exactly a you idiotic way. <laughs> You're like, uh, can Cannibalism. No, I, I remember exactly what I said. I said, um, cannibalism? <laughs> That's how I said it with that inflection. Yeah. I didn't, I I didn't make so. fun of her. Say it I, like, really? <laughs> yes, I did. I said it just like the girl in the Folgers commercial. <laughs> no, but there? so when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'd never heard, never, I just liked it because it was a cool, weird, creepy moment. Because what's interesting is that this happens at the act break. Like this is the third act. And usually at the act break is the lowest low point. But this isn't a a low point. This is a high point. He gets everything he needs. Well, and that pacing even makes it feel creepy and weird, right? Like it just seems wrong. I love that part of the movie. The only thing that makes sense is if this is a low point that's masquerading as a high point because he doesn't necessarily want to talk about it. And it's just him having to face everything he's done. The fish bones that come up in the water, all the fish he ate, you know, he became a meat eater. The shape of a woman, he ate his mother's body, (laughs) you know? And, you know, now these these things are part of him. The inside the flower is the, the hair in the teeth like i mean and this is like i said the most common interpretation of the island is that it represents cannibalism it was his salvation because he was about to die and this is the only thing that sustained him and in that sense it's a paradise it kept him going when nothing else would it gave him everything he needed to survive but then every night he has to deal with what he has become and that's when it gets scary and not so good there's, there's lots of theories about what the island is, and that's why it's cool. It's cause, and, and that's why actually the whole movie is cool, because you could find your own interpretation for pretty much anything that Pi goes through. Um, some people think that the island represents isolation, how, you know, basically it feels like you have everything you need, but then at night you feel so lonely and you want someone else to be there and you realize you're just dying alone. Um, that's not could a creepy be, explanation. Yeah, I know. I, like I, I, I don't like that. <laughs> I think maybe the island represents him becoming a serial killer. Uh, that's wow. my interpretation. <laughs> um, and that's maybe when he killed his family. <laughs> but anyway, this is all getting like way too far down the, the rabbit wait, wait, hole wait. of crazy but you theories. Said, you had said the, the lotus might represent something? Well, and, and this is another um, point where I take issue with the island representing cannibalism. Because... Basically, near the beginning of the movie, he meets this girl who he likes, and she's doing interpretive dance. As he watches her, he, he then like come, goes talk to her. He's like, hey, this is really weird. You did a different movement than all the other girls, because every movement in that style of dancing has a meaning. And he's like, at the end, when all the other girls just finished, you kept dancing, and you did this movement, which means a lotus flower, and then you did this movement, which means hiding in the forest. He's like, so what does a lotus flower hiding in the forest mean? And then all the girls kind of just giggle at him and laugh it off and leave. On this crazy island, he finds a literal lotus flower hiding in the forest. (laughs) So there must be a connection between this island and that girl. My personal interpretation would be that he later murdered that girl. Um, She was the first person he killed. And that's why he found body parts in the lotus. Um, (laughs) And he, I think, buried her body in the forest. That's why the lotus was hiding in the forest. That's that was my interpretation of it. (laughs) But I I think most people would not agree with that. (laughs) 
If this is the Marvel Universe, then the interpretation of the cannibal island must be that it is an actual cannibal island. Now, is there any precedent for that in the Marvel Universe? Well, I did some research, and there is a Marvel character called Krakoa, the island that walks like a man. It is a sentient living island located in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It may have spawned from a nuclear testing area, like it was an island that just came to life because of nuclear Whoa. radiation. Oh no, they dropped too many bombs on it. It came to life. Anyway, it was a like hostile enemy in a few of like the X-Men comics. And then later it became friends with them. And now I think X-Men live on it. So Whoa. <laughs> but anyway, so there could easily be some sort of other random experiment. There's a cannibal island that floats around. <laughs> And, and another note about Krakoa is that apparently in one comic, he releases several spores that grow into other sentient islands. And one of them does Whoa. turn out to be a villain. So, I mean, there's All precedent right. for there being weird islands out there in the Marvel Universe. Absolutely. Dude, I didn't think that that island wouldn't have anything to do with the theory, but it turns out it's like a hinge point <laughs> of the theory. That's a... <laughs> Nice. I mean, now it all makes sense. It didn't make sense in Life of Pi, but no. in the Marvel universe, it, it was totally a weird does. Metaphor. It's not a metaphor at all. It's like an actual sentient carnivorous. It is island, a carnivorous clearly. island, <laughs> just like this is a carnivorous tiger man. Um, <laughs> back to the Richard Parker theory. He realizes that if he stays on this island, no matter how you interpret it, he's gonna die alone and unfulfilled. The only way for him to live and continue and progress is to leave the island. So he and Richard Parker leave and then they just kind of like wash up in Mexico. He's like, and we're going to get back to the world or die trying. Cut. They're back. (laughs) It's like, whoa, it was that easy. He just had to leave. Richard Parker, the tiger man, he jumps out of the boat. Pi says, Richard Parker went ahead of me. He stretched his legs. He walked alone to the shore at the edge of the jungle. He stopped. I was certain he was going to look back at me. He would bring our relationship to an end in some way. But he just stared ahead into the jungle. And then Richard Parker, my fierce companion, the terrible one who kept me alive, disappeared forever from my life. I wept like a child, not because I was overwhelmed at having survived, although I was. I was weeping because Richard Parker left me so unceremoniously. It broke my heart. And then he says, you know, my father was right. Richard Parker never saw me as a friend. After all we'd been through, he didn't even look back. But I I have to believe there was more in his eyes than my own reflection staring back at me. I know it. I felt it, even if I can't prove it. And I think all this proves to me that Richard Parker was more than just an analogy. He was a person. He was a mentor for Pi. And Pi never got the validation he wanted from Richard Parker, which led to Pi seeking Richard Parker out and continuing to work with him later in life. Oh, and and actually, I think this is cool because it, it explains one of the things I was wondering about, which is why Pi, once he changes his name in The Amazing Spider-Man to Rajit Ratha, <laughs> why Rajit is so professional with, you know, like Kurt Connors. And even when he kind of talks about uh, Richard Parker, like, uh, you know, why, is, why isn't he more friendly if they, you know, if he knew these people from before? But I guess it's because Richard Parker taught him that, you know, you don't look back. This is a professional exactly, relationship. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to be like Richard Parker. And we know that this is how Richard Parker is because this is exactly how he (laughs) leaves Peter Peter Parker. Parker. (laughs) He doesn't look back and he won't let his wife look back either. She's like, we can't do this. We can't leave him like this. He's like, we have to. Let's go. He's not our problem anymore. This is Richard Parker's MO. He leaves. He leaves little boys without caring about them. (laughs) I I cannot argue with that. That's good evidence. We then get into the, what I would call the infamous scene where Pi explains everything word for word, and then the author explains everything word for word. (laughs) Ta-da! Record scratch. (laughs) Now we're going to explain everything to you. No more metaphors. Christine said that she read the book and she liked the book when she was younger, and she said that in the book, they did have that part, but she said that you know, I guess because in the book you can kind of interpret it differently, that to her it just felt like an offhanded, like, oh, you know, maybe it was this and this and this and this and this. Who knows? Uh, You know, he just kind of, like, says it real quick. Uh, Instead of, like, having this very good actor just, like, crying while he gives this monologue (laughs) where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that is what really happened, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then Christine also said that she just kind of ignored it, too, because, like, 
like he says, you know, it's just it's not as fun. <laughs> and well, now that you say it, I actually have to give a couple of shout outs. One uh, to uh, Suraj Sharma, who played Young Pai. I think he's a terrific actor. He's good. And another to Irfan Khan, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago in 2020. Also a fantastic actor. I've liked him in every movie I've seen him in. And it's really sad that he's gone. Which is two movies yeah would you shut up i'm trying to be nice but uh <laughs> you ruined it um uh, the author is talking to pi about it and pi asks him he's like well i mean of the two stories i told you like the same basic things happen in them but which one do you prefer and then the author's like well i mean the one with the tiger right that's the better story and then pi says thank you and so it goes with god Either he is saying, you choose to believe in God because that's the more fun story rather than facing the cold, pointless cruelty of life. Or Pai is saying that this, the story of the tiger is the story of the man, Richard Parker, who played God. (laughs) So it goes with God, Richard Parker. (laughs) That's what he's saying. (laughs) I guess that is the story I prefer. (laughs) Whichever story you want it to be is the story that it is. And I prefer the one where Richard Parker is a scientist because that's a way more fun story. That's hilarious. That's the best story I've ever heard. So we're just doing what the movie's asking us to do, right? <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. We're, we're we paying are. tribute to it by, <laughs> by doing this, <laughs> this crazy yeah. thing that we're doing. As the movie ends, it's clear that Pi is abandoning this section of his life. He's done with the life of Pi. That's why the movie's Whoa. called The Life of Pi, right? He's ready to start the life of Rajit Ratha. Wow. <laughs> now, I have a couple of notes about Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. I love how it starts off and Peter Parker, the child, is playing hide-and-seek. His dad is not playing hide-and-seek with him. As we learn in the second (laughs) one. His dad is in the basement recording a video about how he's running away from his son. And he's told his son, he's like, shut up, kid. Let's uh, play hide-and-seek. I'll hide. You look for me. And then he just goes and locks himself in the basement. He's such a horrible father. Stone cold. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, he does find, like, a broom man with boots hiding behind the curtain. Like, who set that up? <laughs> I assume Peter. <laughs> oh, well, he set it up for himself because no one else would play Probably because his parents, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor Peter. Now, one note, and just hold on because I might blow your mind here. One note that I have is the decay rate algorithm. The algorithm that Richard Parker came up with, which is just imperative to to doing anything with gene splicing different animals together. And even Kurt Connors doesn't know about it. Um, The decay rate algorithm, if you look at it, has a lot of symbols, but one symbol really jumped out to me and that was pi. Wow. <laughs> he never forgot his protege. <laughs> oh, man. He put Pi into his magnum opus. Pi, now known as Rajit, will always be in Richard Parker's heart. He may not have looked back, but, you know, <laughs> he kept him in mind. <laughs> so, yeah, Peter finds Richard Parker's briefcase. It's got, like, a picture of him and Kirk Connors, his, his friend from India, who he did lots of crazy stuff, delivered some babies. Uh, It's got some glasses, an Oscorp badge, and a secret compartment with a folder with the decay rate algorithm. Whoa! Peter Parker goes to Oscorp. As uh, Peter is on this guided tour, he snuck into it. He's pretending to be someone else. As he's doing this, he bumps into Pi, Rajit, uh, played by the same actor. Wow, he's in both movies. Peter searches for the name of his father, Richard Parker, on Bing. And one of the suggested searches on Bing is Richard Parker, Life of Pi. What? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But does that imply that the movie Life of Pi is just a movie in Spider-Man? Because that ruins the whole theory. Well, I mean, it could also imply that the author who was talking to Pi wrote the book, Life Whoa, of Pi, and it, it exists. <laughs> All right. And it's a top hit on Bing. Dude. <laughs> I don't, don't know why he's using Bing instead of Google. That's kind of hey, strange. <laughs> in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, he has graduated to Google. So there oh, you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Because they're the same actor, and because that novel exists in their world, that means that Pai exists in their world to have told the story to the author, and he must be Rajit. The, that, yeah. that definitively links the two, the two movies. <laughs> they're in the same universe. Well, Boom. And oddly, oddly enough, uh, as he's doing this research, we see a lot of little tidbits of information. But one is that there is another book with the word life of in the title. And it was written by Dr. Kurt Connors. Dr. Kurt Connors wrote a book called The Splice of Life. Whoa. <laughs> so not life of, but of life. No, of life, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, and he's a pretty popular topic. An amazing title. <laughs> That's really Like good. the majority of hits about Dr. Connors were posted one to 12 hours ago on Whoa. So another thing uh, that we know from his research, Richard Parker and Kurt Connors crossed a tubular worm with an aphid. It only oh. lived a few hours. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> I mean, they sure are doing like uh, kind of unethical well, stuff. I don't understand why. <laughs> Splicing random animals together. That's very much why what not? they do. <laughs> yeah, it gives credence to your interpretation of life of bi, just like we're on a boat. Let's just put some things together. We'll shake it up, see what happens. <laughs> Those were Richard's early years. That was back when he probably had even less inhibitions. He was just like doing <laughs> stuff for fun. <laughs> He's just starting out. One very obscure Easter egg that is not even mentioned on IMDb trivia. There is a photo of Dr. Connors on a website, and the photo credit, like the little... uh little text below the photo says it is credited to Susan B. Now, Susan Burig in the credits of this film is the graphic designer of the film who probably designed all these websites. So she, she, it's her photo credit. She probably took that picture of Dr. Connors. Wow, that's a cool... So they gave her actual credit for the photo. That's fun. Susan B., who actually worked on this film exists in the universe of the film that she worked on as yeah, a photographer. Yeah, That's pretty cool. I mean, because she's the graphic designer, that means she probably even captioned it in that picture. So she put her own name on it. That's fun. Go Susan. Now, uh, on to, to, to Oscorp. He follows Pai, Rajit Ratha, into a room that has an amazing keypad. Yeah, I, I think in-universe, Rajit was probably leading Peter to this room. I think he recognized him as uh, as Richard Parker's kid. And he's yeah. like, ooh, all right, I know how this works. Let's get him some gene splicing. Because we know he's like, <laughs> I, he's gunning for that human testing. He really yeah. wants it. No, I think it makes perfect sense with his character. Because Rajit slash Pi, he does not like the way Kurt Connors work. Kurt Connors is, is too uh, hesitant. He loves Richard Parker for many reasons, but because mm -hmm. Richard Parker is so radical. So, of course, he's going to love his son. And he's like, yeah, human test subjects. Get him in there. Yeah. <laughs> his father would approve. <laughs> My next real note was that Kurt Connors says that lizards regenerate limbs at will. He does not seem to know what at will means. Yeah, <laughs> because, wow. <laughs> and he's a herpetologist. Yeah, he should know. Because <laughs> they don't regenerate their limbs at will. It just happens. Like It's not like they're like, all right, I'll grow another one now. <laughs> He's not a very good herpetologist. I don't think he actually went to school because he was like a herpetologist when he was like 19 and he was delivering babies in India. <laughs> so, you know, I'll bet that Kurt Connors delivered Peter as well, you know, in his side gigs oh, of wow. midwife. <laughs> it's like, hey, I got a new baby for you to deliver. That's your specialty, right? Peter, he talks to Connors at Connors' house and he asks if Connors thinks that cross-species genetics is even possible. And Connors says... Yes, of course. Connors knows because he's done it with Richard Parker before. He knows it works. He also did it with an aphid and a tubular worm. Well, and he references the fact that they've done it for years because he says literally, for years, your father and I have been mocked for our theories, not just by the community <laughs> at large, but by Oscorp as well. They called us mad scientists, oh, <laughs> which whoa. is exactly what they are. And they weren't <laughs> mocking them. They were just accurately warning people of what they were. <laughs> exactly. And then he says, you know, and then your father bred the spiders and everything changed. The results were beyond encouraging. They were spectacular. They were going to change the lives of millions, including my own. So in this movie, Rajit talks to Kurt Connors and Rajit does not want to do primate tests before human tests. 
And this might seem terribly irresponsible, but we have to remember this is Pi. He knows that they have been experimenting on animals for decades. He's like, we do this all the time. Let's just do it. (laughs) That's how we learn. (laughs) (laughs) So in the conversation they have, Rajit expresses his admiration of Richard Parker and his disgust towards Kurt when trying to fill Richard Parker's shoes. He's recommending that they sneak the human trials in disguised as flu shots at the veteran hospital, which is very, very Richard Parker thing to do from what we know of him. To Kurt, he says, it's a little late for shock and indignation, Kurt. About 15 years late. Richard Parker wore it well, but on you, it's just a cheap suit. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, he loves Richard Parker so much. So this is the tiger that he saw walking away. That's the tiger, man. He didn't even look back. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you would look back, wouldn't you, Kurt? (laughs) Kurt Connor. (laughs) Rajit slash Pai is driving in his car on a bridge. Since we won't be seeing too much of Rajit, slash pie ah, anymore so after this um i'll just say that originally this character before irfan khan was cast to play him he was not going to be named rajit ratha he was going to have a different name right. uh that was like german sounding anyway yeah. he was going to be proto goblin i don't know much about proto goblin except that one of his powers is that he has retractable claws Like a tiger. Like a tiger. (laughs) (laughs) He's taking some cues from from his master. You know, if he had gotten powers, he definitely would have gone with tiger-like powers. (laughs) I have to say that watching this movie again, I have a whole new appreciation of the limo scene where poor Pi once again is trapped in a life or death situation in this limo (laughs) as the lizard is coming to get him. But Spider-Man comes to save the day, just like his dad, Richard Parker, saved Pi from that horrible hyena. It's exactly the same, exactly the same scene (laughs) with the evil thing bearing down on him. And then boom, (laughs) Mr. Parker comes and saves them. It's so good. It's really too bad they didn't focus on Pi's emotional journey in the scene and instead focus on some random little kid whose car it's catches so fire for no reason. It's they just like ignored that <laughs> whole arc that they could have like spent so much time on. There are some good deleted scenes in this movie. There is one scene where they find a video that Kurt Connors recorded where he's talking about how he's going to perfect the world by turning people into lizards. And somehow he believes this is going to prevent loneliness and isolation. And (laughs) Rajit slash Pai is watching this video. And when Connors says the word loneliness and isolation, it shows his face. And he has a definite reaction to those words, Mm -hmm. probably because he spent so much time lonely and isolated on that boat with Richard Parker as a tiger. That's that's a good one. I didn't actually notice that when I first watched that deleted scene, so I'm glad you picked up on that. So there's another deleted scene. It's one of the only other scenes with uh, Rajit in it, where Peter Parker and the lizard are kind of talking. They're at the lizard's lair, and the lizard's kind of acting like he's going to help Peter, and then he betrays Peter, and he starts using his uh, serum again, and he's going to let it loose on everyone. And then... Richard Parker's best friend ever, Pi Rajit, shows yeah. up and saves his son, Peter Dude, Parker. he shows up like a freaking secret agent out of nowhere, just like blasts the lizard like six times in the chest with bullets from his handgun, grabs Spider-Man, pulls him aside. He's like, don't worry, Spider-Man, I got this. They, they like start talking about the serum. And then unfortunately, the lizard comes and bites his head off. Oh, well, we don't, we don't know what happens. And it's a deleted It's true. They didn't anyway. show it. They just showed the lizard coming forward with his mouth open and then it cut to black. So maybe he like, you know, just gave him a big kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think Pi is still out there looking for his, his mentor, who's yeah. probably dead. You know, he probably found him. <laughs> no, he's, he's probably not dead. After the plane crash that Richard Parker was on with his wife, they make it abundantly clear that they never found the bodies of Richard Parker or Mary Parker. So I think they're kind of implying that those two survived probably by, you know, shooting up with some genetic hybrid serums and becoming like Dude, birds they grew and wings. flying away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they? It's like this Richard Parker's superpower is becoming a, a, an animal man. I think we've covered everything we have to say about Pi, otherwise known as Rajit Ratha. What do you think? As you said, Pi himself best sums it up when he says, which version would you rather believe? 
would you rather believe life of pi is just life of pi or that it's part of the amazing spider-man Spider <laughs> yes. by association the entire mcu Dude, about... i would much rather believe that the life of pi is in the mcu <laughs> I think the life of Pi should resonate with listeners of the popcorn isn't real because it's like, you know, you find the fun version, you come up with your own interpretation, and it's fine if you believe that version because it's fun, you know, yeah. or sometimes in, in our case, we make it less fun and more dark and depressing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not this time. This time we made it way better. And also, I'm just astounded that there is so much like pretty actually solid evidence for this theory. Like it's insane how believable it gets if you just, you know, look at it with the right angle. <laughs> it's so good. Thank you so much for listening. Music for this episode was provided by Christine. Give us a review, rate us, subscribe, and check out our Patreon. We've got a Patreon. So if you uh, like our theories and if you want us to make more theories, um, any bit of support helps. It would mean a lot to us. Other than that, until, until next time, time remember, remember, the popcorn isn't real. real.